Mm, what, a, what a brilliant clip. Tyler Perry, know what is down in your well. We want to talk today on graduation Sunday. We celebrate all the graduations. So much movement this time of year, isn't there? It's not only high school graduations, and there's been universities and college graduations, and then there's the kids that go from kindergarten to first grade, or the kids that'll be going into kindergarten, and it kind of affects all of us. And uh, one of the things that I love about this time of year is I think that just naturally, if we pay attention to it, it becomes one of those moments for all of us that can be a defining moment about our own future. Like, what is God doing for all of us? Some of us, it's because those around us are graduating perhaps to a new level, so that'll change our life. Um, For some of us, perhaps we're graduating, so that changes your life. Um, But either directly or indirectly, this is an invitation for all of us to embrace the future that God has for us that always seems to have this movement to it, doesn't it? It's like, uh, I love the statement when uh, Jesus... Tells the, tells the disciples, he just says, I would tell you more, but you just can't bear it. And um, I think that means a lot of different things. But one thing for sure that it means is there is this progression in our lives that happens. There are these con- continual, if we pay attention, these continual invitations from God to move into the preferred future that he has for us. So I want to talk to you about that for a couple of minutes today. Claire mentioned uh, the scripture in Jeremiah 6.16 which is our um, theme scripture. Let's read it again together, nice and loud. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. Rest for your souls. So it's wonderful. Claire mentioned the piece of um, the the prophetic uh, piece about standing at the crossroads and looking at the scripture coming to us, but even before the scripture came, Uh, The words and the sense, the prophetic word Claire had and others, um, that people would come from the north, the south, the east, and the west. And early on in the church, we also had a good friend. Uh, He lives in Columbus, uh, still in ministry down there. And he said that, now imagine, this is how ridiculous some of this stuff seems at times. There were probably about 20 of us in the church, maybe 25 back then. And he said, I see people coming from all over, he said, the country, Uh, to be trained here as leaders. And uh, just kind of an update on that, this last week we had almost 40 leaders uh, from the north, the south, the east, and the west. We had uh, had a gentleman who uh, oversees a mission project in a big chunk of Europe. He lives in Poland. He was here uh, for a training this week. Um, We had three people from Canada and uh, then people from all over the United States, leaders, uh, different leaders, pastors, uh, ministry leaders, um, also helping professionals. So that's awesome, right? How God just begins to bring these things together. So that is fulfillment. And I'm sure we'll walk more into that as time goes on. But what I want to talk to us about is about what God might be inviting us to. Um, I heard this story about this lady, this elderly lady. She went into the uh, mall to go shopping. She came out. Her hands were loaded up. And as she was approaching her car, she sees these four men in her car. So she kind of, instead of like backing off, she, gets, she drops the bags and goes up to the car and pulls out of her purse a gun. And she pulls the gun and points it at the guys and she says, 
get out of the car, put your hands up and get out of the car and just leave. And these guys are like freaking out. And she says, I not only have this gun, I know how to use this gun at the top of her voice. These guys, they're not waiting around to ask any questions. They like take off running, right? So she puts her bags in the car. She gets in, she turns the key. It's not her car. The car does not start. She realizes that her car's down about six cars down, so she kind of meekly and nervously grabs the bags, gets in the car. She's all red-faced. She drives right to the police station, and she starts to tell her story, and she's really, like, feeling bad about it, and the sergeant at the desk is, like, cracking up. And after she tells her whole story, he points down to the end of the uh, counter and there are the four guys and they're all shaking and pale and freaking out. And they said, there was this weird old lady and she tried to carjack us. (laughs) So when we get older, sometimes we forget where our car is, but I think that all of us bring a lot of goodness. um, And that's what I want to talk about is how we can share in encouraging one another and living into the future. Um, Corey Ten Boone says this about the future. She said, never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. I'd like to just go over uh, with you. I was thinking about this this week, um, this, just sharing some things with you, and I was thinking, what would be uh, good on a day like this to share for all of us uh, to hear? And um, I... I I love this scripture, and I love the piece that it says, stand at the crossroads and look and ask for the ancient paths. And when it comes to vision or it comes to futuring or dreaming, I think there's a lot that we gain by uh, looking back, looking at today, and then looking at tomorrow. Um, But there are these simple lessons. And... um, You know, I was thinking about my own life. I was reminiscing a little bit about my dad who passed away several years ago and how my dad, I was thinking about graduation that somehow this connected in my mind, but um, I don't even honestly know. um, I've been told, I was told that my dad uh, didn't graduate from high school. He left for the military at some point. Um, I heard anywhere from he went through sixth grade. I don't think that's true. I think he went a little bit later, but I guess... I heard different stories from my dad, which those of you that know my dad uh, can understand why I heard different stories from my dad, because he was a real joker. Um, But anyway, probably somewhere in early high school, um, and later would get his GED. Um, But some of the lessons that I gained from my dad, just his life, he wasn't the kind of guy that would sit down and like tell you, son, this is how you do this. He would live things and show that way, certainly love deeply. And I just started to appreciate all of these different lessons uh, from a guy like that, uh, uh, a dropout who who ends up being a steel worker and how much there was to gain. Um, He reminded me, his life reminded me, my dad's life reminded me of that quote by uh, Mark Twain that says, never let something like school get in the way of good education. And um, that's not a commercial to not go to school, but we all know that there are people that are very well-schooled that don't seem to know a whole lot, and then there are people that don't seem to have all of that education um, that seem to have this wisdom that is amazing. So the truth is, is the scripture and the people around us bring so much wisdom as they pay attention to God. So it's kind of like an oxymoron to pay attention to certain people 
Um, but, uh, you know, like a uh, dropout steelworker, electrician at some point can have all kinds of wisdom in your life. But I believe that with my whole heart for all of us that we all bring great gifts. And my dad, um, I just appreciate that. So simple lessons that empower us to a preferred future. The first thing, before we say anything, um, and, and it would be easy to assume this, but I want to make it real clear that you, to, to live into your preferred future, it is impossible for you to live into the best future that God has for you outside of putting God first. And I could talk for days about putting God first and what that means, but I'll just, I'll just generalize and hopefully you get it just with a general statement. Putting God first means that that's where you go before you really do anything. That God becomes, your relationship with God becomes the filter of your life. That you, when you're living into your future, when you're celebrating your graduation, you're celebrating this defining moment in your life, and you want to embrace with vision what, what's next for your life, I believe that it is clearly impossible to get to your best future outside of a relationship with God. So you put God first. Tyler Perry said that you need to make sure that the foundation is big enough for your dreams, right? And the scripture says there's really only one foundation that is laid that enables us to do that. It says in Matthew 7, 24, anyone who hears these words of mine, Jesus speaking, and puts them into practice is like a wise man who has built, or woman, who has built their house on a rock, there is a foundation that we all can count on that will never disintegrate or break up or be faulty. In 1 Timothy 6.19, starting with 18 actually, it says, Command those to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, you will lay up a treasure for yourself as a firm foundation for the coming age so that you may take hold of the life that is truly life. So how do we live into our preferred future? How do, we, how do we power? What are the simple lessons that power preferred future? The first lesson is that we need to live by a power, by the power of vision. By the power of vision. It's really interesting. Eagles have this incredible sense of sight. They are able to see multiplied times over better than we are, for instance. And we have great sight, don't we? Multiplied times over. Eight times as many visual cells per cubic centimeter than a human has. An eagle can fly 600 feet above the ground and can spot an object the size of a dime moving through six inches of grass. This is, this is vision. The same creature, eagles, can see a three-inch fish that jumps in a lake up to five miles away. So if we want to be the kind of people, the first place to start is we need to be people of vision. That we need to at, literally ask God and lean into, I want to be able to see beyond what normally is seen. And that's something, again, that only comes through the power of God. But we need to be people of vision if we want to live into the fullness that God has for us. Vision, one definition is this. Vision is the ability to see God's presence, perceive God's power, and focus on God's plan in spite of any obstacle. Vision is the ability to see God's presence, perceive God's power, and focus on God's plan in spite of the obstacles. 
simple lessons. One of the simple lessons I learned from my dad was to never despise the day of small beginnings. Never despise. In other words, no matter where we are today, no matter where you are, no matter where I am, no matter how difficult it may be, or no matter how much it seems stuck, understand that this is the place that we can start, that we can live into what God has for our future. It starts in every small place. When my dad was born, um, again, different details on the story, but whatever it was, he was a couple pounds when he was born. And um, the doctor told my grandmother, of course, the whole medical profession was a lot different back then. The doctor told my grandmother, well, just put him in a, in a, in a you know, a basket or whatever you have, put him in the window and make sure that the sun is beating on him, but it doesn't look like he's going to thrive or survive. They were pretty sure my dad was going to die because he was so small. And things today that would have maybe not been as big of a deal back then were a huge deal. But my grandmother did what she was asked to do by the doctor, and my dad ended up living an amazing life and continues to live his life through other people And I would just say to any of us, no matter how small you feel like your life might be right now, trust the fact that you should not despise this small beginning. Any place is a good place to start to lean into God's future for you. The second thing is to find good traveling companions. It's important. Never underestimate uh, how important it is that you have good traveling companions. Now, It's important that you and I respect everyone, that we honor the God, uh, the image of God in every person. But the truth is, is there are traveling companions in life that are much better for your situation to keep you healthy. Few things will have a bigger effect on your life or mine than who we become than the people we do life with. Few things. You can be sure of it. That if you're traveling with the people that are helping raise the bar in your life, that are encouraging you, encouraging your faith, cheering you on, cheering your family on, you can count on those people to help you in your process. When it comes to vision, never embarrass mom. It's just a simple rule, right? Just don't embarrass mom. If mom wouldn't like you to do it, don't do it. You've heard it said before, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Let's say it together. If mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. And you know what? If daddy ain't happy, ain't nobody care. But if mama ain't happy, there won't be anybody happy. It's a simple rule of thumb, but be kind. Be generous. Live into your future. Living in a way that your mother would be proud of. Take risks. Michelangelo said, better to aim high and to miss than to aim low and hit the mark. Henry Ford said, if you think you can or you think you can, you are right. Take risks. Don't be afraid of failure. We'll get to that in a minute, but take risks. You were created as a risk taker. There are things you are invited to that, yes, you may not do well if you try it, but if you sense the invitation, you should go for it. Let excellence be a part of your life. Pursue excellence. If you want to be a person of vision, you must be a person that pursues excellence in whatever you're putting your hand to. Aristotle said, you are what you repeatedly do. So if you want to live in excellence, you have to practice excellence. 
You, you do the things that you do with your whole heart. That's what the scripture invites us to. I will do the things that I put my hands to with my whole heart. That is the definition of excellence, the best I can bring. And I will do it not just as an act. Let excellence be a, a repetition in your life and mine and not just an act, not just something we randomly do. Like we feel like we'll do this thing, one thing excellently. We'll live into our life excellently, kind of haphazard. That really isn't living into excellence. Living into excellence is, in, is challenging yourself to live at the highest level that you've been created to live throughout your life. The second main lesson that I want to talk about, the first one is the power of vision in your life. The second is the power of resistance or persistence in our life. Robert Frost said the best way out is always through. My kids are worn out by me telling them this. The only way in this situation is through. The best way out is always through. Never forget, as you move into this new season in your life, and we move into this new season as a church, in the life of this church, never forget the importance of the power of resistance. Any of those, those of you who lift weights or have done any kind of uh, uh, weightlifting and, and bodybuilding, that kind of stuff, you know that one of the most important pieces, even yoga, th those kinds of things, it's all based on resistance. Isometrics, it's about resistance. The goodness of it comes from the resistance of it. That's how your body is built up and strengthened. In the same way, that's how our life is strengthened. It's strengthened through resistance. Troubles do come. Things that resist and are hard do happen in our lives. And as we persist through those things, that's how we're strengthened. That's how we move into the preferred future that God has us. That's the power of our future that God invites us to. Know this. When it comes to persistence, when it comes to resistance, that life is not fair. It sounds like uh, that's like a no-brainer. But I would say the fact that, that we don't, continuously remind ourselves of the fact that life is not fair. This world is not fair. We live in a, in a system where God is amazingly just and God is amazingly powerful, but we live in a system that is not fair. On the best day this world has to offer and, and the systems of this world have to offer, it is still not fair. Things will happen in your life and mine that will challenge that sense. My dad used to say to me, he says, you know, Scott, nothing in life is free. Like, it seems like there's certain things that should be free, except, he would say, salvation. That salvation is a free gift from Christ, that Jesus paid all of that. But outside of that, everything else is up for grabs. And there are things that are, that are not fair. And as you persist, and as I persist through those things... We will find that God builds into our lives this, he, he brings us to this goodness in the future that he has for us. There's some of us honestly sitting in this room today and you're feeling like, I feel like my life is even going backward. And I would say to you on this day that as you just start to pay attention to what seem to be simple, ancient principles and lessons, you and I can move into our preferred future from God. Another thing my kids hear me say a lot, maybe it'll end up on my tombstone or on the shoebox that my ashes will be in after I die, work harder. That you can always work harder. 
John Wooden say, would say it this way, John Wooden, the, maybe the greatest basketball coach in history who led UCLA to multiple national championships, John Wooden would probably say, find your broom. It is said of John Wooden that his, his greatest passion was to impart into the young men that he was working with to help mold their lives and, and help uh, invite them into a preferred future for their own life and their own situation. That he did uh, his work as a basketball coach, that was how the bills were paid and it became the thing that opened him up to be able to have a relationship with so many different people. But the most, I think one of the most amazing things about John Wooden is they said on, on uh, Wednesday, perhaps, when there was no game and before practice, you could always find John Wooden, no matter how successful he was, mopping and brooming the floor of the court before practice. No matter how, what level John Wooden got to, he would find his broom. It's important to make sure that your serving towel is always bigger than your ego. Make sure that service is not something like a trailer in your life, but like Jesus, as he gave the example to us of washing one another's feet, that the serving towel would be bigger than our ego. One person put it this way. They said, ego is the anesthesia that deadens the pain of our stupidity. Ego is the anesthesia that deadens the pain of our stupidity. So under the power of resistance, be the best you can be. You weren't called to be the person sitting next to you. You weren't called to be the person you're married to. You weren't called to be anybody else but you. Be the best you you can be. Live and pursue the best person you can be in character and integrity. Make sure there's a soundness about the way you live before God and other people. If you want to live into the goodness of your future, pay attention to that. Shake off critics. They will come. Know that there are trusted voices in everybody's life, or at least there should be, and then there are voices that will come and go. There are those, like in the days of Nehemiah, after he was busy building the wall, Sanballat, Geshem, and Tobiah started to mock and ridicule the wall that was being rebuilt. And the more that you move into the future that God has for you, the more you will find critics and resistance to what God's inviting you to. Let those voices go and continue to lean on the voices you can trust. Let criticism and resistance become a fuel for your focus and your renewal and your revival. And always, always stand up to those that would try to bully. Stand up to the injustice of bullying wherever you find, find it in your life. And the last thing that I want to mention when it comes to living into our future is the simplicity of the power of perseverance. Angela Lee Duckworth, I love, she does a lot of stuff on this issue. She studied students, children in inner cities mainly. And uh, as an educator, she's done a lot of study around this whole piece of what makes a successful student, what makes a successful young person. And she says, surprisingly, the most important thing uh, in anybody's life is what she calls grit. She says this, She says, live life like it's a marathon rather than it's a sprint. 
and also live life knowing failure is not a permanent condition. Angela Lee Duckworth. The most important aspect, she would say, of anybody's life in living into fullness is what she calls grit. I would simply say it's the power of perseverance. The truth about failure is you cannot fail if you do not try. Failure is evidence of your attempting something. Failure is a sign in our life of a pulse. The reason that WD-40 is called WD-40 is because it was the 40th attempt at the chemical mixture that they were trying to put together for the aerospace industry. That's why it's called WD-40. Bubble wrap was a failure. It was initially established to be a kind of wallpaper, that it was going to be this new creative wallpaper. It must have been the 70s. Anyway, it didn't even work then. Then they tried to use it simply as insulation in homes. Didn't work very well for that. And it wasn't until it was almost on the scrap heap of ideas that IBM started to need to send their computers to different parts of the world. And somebody saw bubble wrap. Somebody from IBM said, this might be the very thing that we could use to ship packages, our computers around the world. Failure never happens without a try. The first set of pacemakers that were developed weren't even developed as pacemakers. They were the size of televisions, could you imagine? Not these kind of televisions either, the old style. Some of you are not old enough to really appreciate the size of a television. We didn't have 50-inch screens. We had 50-inch cabinets with a 3-inch screen. But it was in the midst of these huge cabinets. Actually, they were, they were being designed simply to record the rhythm of a heart. And, and a guy by the name of Wilson Grapebach, he accidentally put in the wrong uh, resistor into a cabinet, and it, it, it triggered this simultaneous idea, and they realized we could make this thing, we could bring this thing down to a small package less than two inches in size that can fit into a human being. It was a failure as a pacemaker until suddenly something opened up. Do not be afraid to fail. Failure is a part of life. Remember always also who you are. Nothing, absolutely nothing, the scripture says, is impossible. Nothing. As long as you are in tune with God and he is your foundation, God has established a relationship with you, there is absolutely nothing. You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength, Philippians 4.13. Jesus himself said nothing is impossible with God, nothing, in Luke 1.37. And never give up, never give up. You were created to persevere. You were created to endure You were created to go through hardness, and you were created to go through goodness. James Dyson of Dyson Vacuum Cleaner, he he made uh, 5,271 prototypes of his vacuum. 5,271 prototypes. 
and they continued to fail. Nobody wanted them, no vacuum company. He went to all sorts of places around the world trying to sell his vacuum. Finally, he came to the place where he realized nobody will buy my vacuum. So he decided, I will sell my own vacuum. It wasn't his intent when he started. Over 5,200 times of establishing prototypes that no one wanted, he decides to start his own company, and all of us now know about the Dyson vacuum cleaner. See, rock bottom, folks, can have its advantages. There are advantages to rock bottom. The reason it's called rock bottom is there is a footing when you get to that place. There is this place, if you allow it to happen, that you can begin to build from rock bottom. Some of us spend a lot of our time swimming around in kind of swampy water, trying to avoid these places where God may just be sending us forth into goodness and newness. When you fall, get off the canvas. The scripture says that a righteous person falls seven times and gets up, Proverbs 24, 16. Never let the enemy have the satisfaction of keeping you on the canvas. God is with you every time you go down and ultimately finish strong. Never, never forget the power of hope. The truth about you and the truth about me is every one of us has the ability to change the world. We have experienced it together. The world is different, for instance, because Crossroads Church and Ministries is here. This is a different planet because we have come together and you have that in you. Your children have that in them. Finish strong. Lean into the power of hope. Mother Teresa said it this way. She said, yesterday is gone. Tomorrow has not yet come. We only have today. Let us begin. And once again, Jeremiah 6.16. Stand at the crossroads and look and ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. And you will find rest for your souls. Can we stand? So let's read it together, and we're going to keep that, that slide up for the rest of the time here. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. So not everybody um, likes to come up um, on graduation day. So. I made a promise to some of the people that don't like that. So anybody that has graduated this year, would you just lift your hand up? Yep. We want to shout out. Is that Megan back there? Hello, that Megan. Right? Emily. Holly right here. Holly. Holly. Where's Holly? All right. <laughs> Tanaka. Get with a sister Tanaka, from her sister. Right? So, um, so we have high school. We have bachelors. We have new physical therapists. We, I mean, this is a... This is the day that the Lord has made. Yes. And, um, and we want to say that um, what we believe Crossroads is a, um, a place that wants to help you get to your preferred future, whatever that looks like. Um, so even, you know, even this week, um, as the staff put together coupons for you, 
uh, a gift for each of you that have graduated for you to um, go into our bookstore and, and choose something that will help you on your journey. Uh, we are really behind you. Yes. We believe in you. We know that there are great things ahead. I mean, I love Megan's, um, Megan's graduation card had her face behind, half behind this violin. And I, I just, I thought, oh, that is so Megan, just to have that kind of creativity. I loved Holly's. Holly's got like her saxophone and she's leaning back like this. It's just sweet, right? <laughs> no, no graduation cards from you, but, but Tanaka, um, we feel you. And we appreciate you. We appreciate that you not only sing into our souls, but you coach people into their preferred future. It's it's amazing. And, you know, Emily and Jeremy, they're going to be leaving us. And um, we think, unless God said something else today, but, um, (laughs) you know, knowing that um, even in their hearts is the possibility of planting a church. And, And Jeremy got to be a part of the training this last week, sitting with leaders from all over the world to get to wonder what it might be like to step into that. Everybody has a new place today, my friends. I do, and I didn't do, I'm not, I didn't get a degree this week. Um, But I I do have a PhD in the school of some other things. (laughs) And, um, And, you know, all of us have stepped into some new territories. And we have had to face, uh, we had a pastor who used to say, new levels, new devils. I know that's exciting. (laughs) But whenever you begin to move into some things that God has for you, just know that God is for you. And if God is for you, who cares who's against you? Right? You got to let it go. You got to walk with God. And as you said, honey, hold your head up high. You have, as Nelson Mandela said, human beings can't bear the burden of their own inherent greatness. There is an inherent greatness in you, Megan and Holly and Taneka and Emily, Jeremy. There's There's an inherent greatness in every person in this room. And many times we don't realize God has such a plan for that greatness that we'll either go next door or go across the world. It'll walk into the office and sit with the people you sit with, or it's going to go viral on the internet. And know that God has something for you, whether it is some of the most important things I've ever done for God and Scott has ever done for God have been to help each other through tough times. And, and I want to say to you, you have a call on your life. You have a call for a new future. So we want to bless every person in this room. The first-time graduates, the second-time graduates, right? And, um, and beyond. And, and let's just together, maybe you could stand at the crossroads for just a moment and even put your hands out in front of you and hold someone that is making new decisions or hold someone that is standing at a significant crossroad or maybe you even know the crossroad you're standing at right now and hold this person in the presence of a loving God the God who made you in God's own image just see God in yourself for a moment 
See God in the person you're holding in God's presence. And together, if you could repeat after me, may God bless you. May God bless you. And keep you. And keep you. May God make. May God make. God's own face. God's own face. Shine upon you. Shine upon you. And give you peace. And give you peace. May God give you hope. May God give you hope. May God give you courage. May God give you courage. May God give you persistence. May God give you persistence. May God give you endurance. May God give you endurance. And may God help you finish strong. And may God help you finish strong. And if you just put your hand on the person next to you, if they give you permission. God, we pray for this new future for each one. As Mother Teresa said, yesterday's over, right? You don't have what's out there yet, but right here in this moment, there is this future being given in the hearts of people to allow you to be the Lord and the leader of their lives. That when we stand at the crossroads, we would always choose to walk in the ancient paths. We would always choose to walk where the good way is. And God, may miracles come out of this place to the north, the south, the east, and the west. That there would be ways that we touch this world individually that nobody else can touch the world. Let your anointing fill us, your spirit empower us, and vision take us to places we've never been. And it is in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a beautiful week. All of our graduates, come and see me for just a minute so that I can give you a gift.